This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. My guest today is an osteopathic medical doctor, as well as the founder of Otter PR, a seven-figure PR agency. He's also been featured in Business Time, International Business Times, as an entrepreneur to watch in 2020. Jay Feldman, welcome to the show. Thank you for that introduction, Mark. I'm happy to be here. Well, you wrote the introduction, so hopefully it was uh, accurate. <laughs> Although I probably mispronounced some names, but uh, you know what? That's me, and I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> well, the word osteopathic, I think you nailed. So props to you. That's awesome. I had a guest on my show a couple days ago, and she was an anxiety coach. And I had to do the intro four times before I could, because the double and and anxiety coach. I could say it now because I'm not doing her not doing her episode. But I had my it was a tongue twister for me, but. Uh, uh, fortunately, didn't have that problem with yours. So before we get started today, tell us you know, a little bit more about you. Now, what is an osteopathic doctor? I mean, I never heard of that before. Sure. And we'd love to kind of dispel any stigma and because a lot of misunderstanding about osteopathic versus allopathic. Uh, a lot of people think we're not actually practicing doctors and uh, are nervous to go see one or have one come into their room when they're in the hospital and be like, what is this? Uh, so osteopathic doctor, uh, or DO, or the letters after our name, uh, we're trained pretty much exactly the same as MDs with the addition of a musculoskeletal course where we also learn manipulation uh, in, in ways similar to a chiropractor. Uh, they say that the philosophy in which they teach medicine to us is a more holistic approach, looking at the whole body uh, as, as one, as its ability to heal, heal itself. But in all honesty, I've practiced with MDs my, you know, my entire career. Uh, our practice is very similar, plus my ability to, to do uh, hands-on manipulation. The other big difference there is MDs are typically more research-focused, whereas osteopathic doctors are more primary care-focused. Interesting. And I always thought it was uh, very curious that doctors practice their skill. Lawyers practice. And I know doctors who've been practicing for 40, 50, 60 years. I'm like, haven't you got it yet? I mean, you still practicing? Uh, just a little joke there. Um, you probably heard that before. But um, I'd like to know, how did you go from the medical field into PR? I mean, that seems like a big jump to me. Uh, tell us that story. Sure. And kind of my first intro into business was my year between graduating college and actually starting medical school. I started a tutoring company, uh, fell in love with the, the business world. And as most entrepreneurs go, got really uh, in-depth into marketing, starting, started a marketing agency that became really successful, uh, started to build up my own personal brand as a, a medical influencer slash thought leader, and kind of learning how that game worked. And then Actually, into my experience doing that, I had a run-in with the media that was not not a positive one. And through that, uh, you know, learned a ton about how the media works, uh, the ins, the outs, the the good, the bad, and really just became obsessed with it. And through that experience, I was able to get good enough to start helping friends, family, and learn that this is something really high value. That's not really available to, to normal people, to thought leaders, to experts, to small business. And saw everything that PR agencies and publicists were doing wrong and applied my, my marketing skills and, and intuition to this. And it's been about a year now since we started Otter PR. Through the pandemic, we've grown from just me and my partner. Now we're at 31 employees. Uh, we've increased our office size three times. We're doing high seven figures a year. And have major, major plans. So it's just been a wild journey. 
So where did the name Otter PR come from? Uh, so I'm, I'm a huge animal buff. I, I grew up with a kangaroo in my backyard, a pig, what? and just, he, so obsessed with animals. It, it, it's part of what defines who I am. Otters happen to be one of my favorite animals. And I believe when you're naming a business, you should name it something that people can relate to, that people already have an existing connection with. And who doesn't love otters? Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we played with a couple different things, but I, I absolutely loved loved the word the name Otter PR. Yeah, I think hippopotamus PR probably wouldn't have the same. You know, uh, what's that uh, ant eater PR, aardvark PR? That yeah, those probably don't have the same uh, connotation you're going after. So uh, I love the name. So a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, and some of them probably go, "Yeah, I got the PR thing. I got that down." Some other people may say. PR, I don't know the first thing about it. Do I need it for my business? So why don't you take us all the way back to PR 101. Talk to us about some of the things we could, first of all, define what PR is in your world, and then give us some tips on how we can very simply begin to explore and use PR for a business. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so obviously that's, that's a lot to unpack. So let's just start with like, what is PR to you? Um, there's a lot of different forms of it, just like there's a lot of different forms of marketing. And then PR even comes under that marketing communications umbrella. Uh, PR is really how your your brand communicates with the world. And it's also a form of content marketing. Uh, so PR is what your brand's presence and communication with the media and the outside world is. And the media can mean a lot of things. The media can mean what we're doing right now, podcasts. The media can mean influencer partnerships, celebrity partnerships. The media can mean online publications like Forbes. It can mean TV. It can mean radio. And that's kind of what we facilitate. And obviously, this, the same plan doesn't work for everybody. But every thought leader like such as yourself, every small business can benefit from using PR in one way or the other. Maybe not, you know, not everyone, every small business is TV ready or even has a good story for TV. But they can all benefit from from getting the word out there, uh, putting content into the media that people are consuming to not only boost your your personal brand or your company's credibility, authority, trust. Uh, it drives new traffic and it's good shareable content. It's just to establish your position in a marketplace. Um, and then there's a lot of other forms of PR. You know, there's crisis management PR. There's internal PR communications where. You know, you, you want to be putting the right message out during certain times. Uh, we, we deal mostly with small businesses and thought leaders and expanding their brand into the media through podcasting, online publications, TV, and, and helping them that way. So if someone were to listen to our conversation and they're like, okay, I understand what you're saying, Jay. I'm not sure if I'm doing PR. Um, what would you tell someone who really wants to explore the world of PR? I mean, maybe they're doing it and they don't even realize they're doing it. What are some of the basic ideas that you can give us? Sure. And a lot of people are doing PR without even knowing it. Uh, like you're, you're doing PR by you know reaching out, getting on other people's podcasts, having them on your podcasts, creating your own media channel. Uh, so in, in its most basic form, this is PR. For, for people who are more interested in 
getting out and doing it. Um, the, the best thing that I would recommend is speak with a publicist or get some, or talk to me and get a, a basic intro to it. But there's so many different ways that you can go about it. If you're a blogger, if you like to write, you can try and write for popular uh, online platforms. I'm a contributor at business.com, at influensive, at entrepreneur.com. And th- that's what we do for a lot of our clients too. We get them uh, contributor status at a lot of these places, get them published in these places. Uh, if you know, you're trying to do PR on your own, just reaching out to be on other people's podcasts is something that we frequently do for our clients, build guest profiles for them, uh, build author profiles for them and suggest topics about stories that they can write for other blogs. Uh, TV is a little bit more complicated of a beast, but uh, you know, really PR is, it's not as hard as and complicated as people look at it and make it seem, uh, the real trick to it is entering into an arrangement with a publicist or an agency that already has connections with, with people at these outlets, because really those, those connections are, are, are the big value add, the big value prop, because when you're, you're coming to us as a client and you want to get into Forbes, it helps a lot and it expedites things. If you know, contributors there, if you know, editors there that are willing to use you as a source to quote you and even to feature you, if you're interesting enough. Uh, so Yeah. That, that's basically the, uh, the overview of PR. So what are some mistakes people make when they approach PR? So one PR practice that's commonly frowned upon, and I think a big mistake people make, is this, the pray and, spray and pray technique. Um, so emailing a thousand journalists with a story that you think is interesting or that might not even be interesting in hopes that they'll take it and just spamming them. These, these journalists, these TV producers, these, these news professionals, they get this on an ongoing basis every day. And if you're not really personalizing it, creating a connection with these media professionals and pitching them a story that they're actually interested in writing about, you're, you're going to you know ruin your name in the media, in the media world really quickly, burn a lot of bridges. And I think that's a big, mistake people make. And then also creating and pitching the right story, I think is a big uh, thing that's overlooked in PR. You need to pitch the right story to the right person at the right time. And that's a hard combination to get right for somebody who's new. Hey there, it's Mark, and I will coach you for less than $2 a day, plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit mrproductivity.com. I noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs, because I see them on social media, my social media platform of choice is LinkedIn. They do the uh, spray and pray method. They are not consistent with their content and they have the mentality, because I certainly did when I first got on social media many, many years ago, that, okay, here I am and everyone would just come flocking to me because I'm Mark Struchowski. Well, it didn't happen. Just because I have a profile, just because I have a business, doesn't mean people are going to care. I recently did a video on LinkedIn called Who Cares So What? And that's not my idea, but someone else gave that idea into my head. When we're doing, whether it's PR, content marketing, you know, posting on social media, lives, doesn't matter. You have to answer the question, so what? Who cares? Because if you can't answer those questions, then why should anyone else pay attention to you? Whatever what you're doing to promote your business brand or your cause. Would you agree with that? 100%. And, and with that being said, all the entrepreneurs on social media who, you know, maybe you see their media coverage, that enters into a whole other conversation about, because there is a dark side to every business, right? 
PR's got a dark side too, and that's you know the paid media world that's out there, uh, where contributors, journalists, and outlets will you know take money to publish basically anything, and then the entrepreneur then takes that and promotes it. And really, there there is no interesting story there. There's no organic placement that, and it, it's it's a whole other world that's you know commonly explored. I've paid for coverage, uh, our clients pay for coverage, and we facilitate that as well. But it's just really important that people knows that there's a difference. Uh, there's organic coverage where you generally have an interesting story, and a real uh, professional journalist is interested in writing about that story or covering that story. And then there's the paid side where where you can pay to play for coverage. They both exist um, in in the same world. A lot of times they're hard to tell the difference. But for anyone you know interested in learning more about this, it's very important to know that there is a difference. There's a difference in impact. There's a difference in how you approach either. And there is a value to paid. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from it, uh, but just something to be aware of. You mentioned influencer marketing. And I remember when it first came out, you know, no one knew what was going on. And yeah, I'll give you 10 bucks. I'll give you 20 bucks, whatever the case may be. Now it's gone to an entirely new different level. If you're a Kardashian, you can get millions of dollars to promote a product. And I'd like to know your thoughts on influencer marketing, because let's say I approach one of the Kardashians. I don't even know who they are. I just know the name Kardashian. And I say, hey, I want you to post about my productivity business. Well, you already mentioned that we have to be really careful, you know, make sure the message is targeted. But me just going there and let's say she's going to charge me, let's pick a figure out of thin air, $10,000 to promote my business. Well, here's the question. Is that a spray and pray method? Because you know, is anybody going to watch her stuff as she promotes me? I may get a couple people on my email list, but would I get any clients out of it? Is that what you're talking about? Being very careful where you're, you're, you know, being personal where you're putting your stuff. Uh, so influencer marketing is a whole beast and I'm happy to, to go into this. That is something that we facilitate. And uh, I've been in the game for a long time and from both ends, you know, I, I've, I am an influencer on social media. I've taken money to promote products and services, and I've also paid influencers to help me promote my products and services. Uh, influencer marketing, uh, I think, you know, back when I started doing it was way undervalued. I think it was a huge win for businesses to pay influencers to, to show that product and service to their audience. The organic reach was great. The business could then turn around and use that material as marketing material and claim that partnership and that association. Uh, I, I do think it's been flooded and now I think it it's overvalued. I think influencers are charging too much, specifically on Instagram. And I think the organic reach is way down, so it's not worth the value dollar anymore. Uh, but that is different than what I was referring to with uh, paid PR, which is like you, you buy an article in Influensive.com or in Yahoo Finance. Most of those Yahoo Finance articles that you see, uh, influencers, you know, pouting on their their social media channels, that's all paid coverage. But it, it is uh, uh, very different than influencer marketing. Well, I'd like to circle back and ask you about the the example I gave you about influencer marketing. My question about Kardashian, I'm a productivity expert. Is that not an effective use of my money if I could afford her to promote me on Instagram? Let's say she charged me $10,000. Is that a worthwhile investment for me? Because people who follow her are probably not looking for help to be more productive. So for a couple of reasons, and it depends, it depends what the marketing budget is. If you're a big company and you have that money to spend and you're not expecting a direct ROI, 
Because realistically, you know, you pay her $10,000, you're not going to see $10,000 back most of the time. But uh, th- then you can go ahead and talk about that partnership on your social channels, put it all over your website, uh, use that partnership for, for years to come, use that content for years to come. Now you can associate your brand name with Kim Kardashian. In that regard, I think it's worth it. But I would not expect to see a direct ROI from one campaign with one influencer, especially not anymore because organic reach is so low, especially on uh, you know these these partnership campaigns. If she's holding a your product in her hand and she posts it on her Instagram, it's probably not going to do very well and the algorithm's going to push it down. So if you're expecting a direct ROI right away, no, it's it, you're not going to get it. That's very interesting because I would think because of what you said earlier about um let's see I wrote it down here, making sure that you know where your where your your PR is going, make sure you're being very intentional about it. And as a productivity guy, and I just can't see where I'd get any benefit of having an influencer, whether they're in fashion or glamour, it doesn't matter what they are. You know, if it's not in, in congruent with what I'm doing, then I don't think it's worth my money. Now, if I had someone say Tony Robbins promote my email list, I think that would be more better money's better money, better spent than it would be going to Kardashians, even though the Kardashians may have more following than Tony Robbins. And I have no idea how much either one of them have, but I think that would be more congruent with my message. That's the point I was going at here. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's marketing one-on-one. You have to have the right offer in front of the right person. If you, if you mess up either, you know, either of those pieces, you're not going to do well. So yep. correct. If you're, if you're promoting a, like a productivity book or a productivity podcast, and you put it in front of a, a fashion or beauty influencer, you're not gonna you're not gonna win. So yes, yeah. I, the reason I bring that up because I know people have done that. They have said, "Well, this is an influencer, and they're only going to charge me five thousand, ten thousand dollars, whatever the case may be." I don't know what the Zach figures are, but I, I always said to them, "Is you know." Are they your audience? Just because they have more followers than you don't doesn't mean they're going to be able to help you. You have to think about who's following them. I mean, I got to believe if you're following a musician, most of those people who are musicians are having other people who like that group. And if you say, hey, um, uh, Taylor Swift, would you promote my productivity course? She may do it and take the money and do it, but her followers are not following them following her to get productivity advice. They're following her to find out more about her. That's where I was going with that. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. Correct. And yeah, I think that takes, it doesn't take an experienced marketer to kind of figure out who's following who. I mean, maybe Taylor Swift's a bad example because she's a musician uh, who's pretty universally loved. So my guess is all kinds of people are following Taylor Swift. Uh, But it's not going to be a hyper-focused audience of people in, interested in personal development and self-growth and productivity. Whereas if you were to uh, hyper-target somebody like like Tony Tony Robbins is a, a decent example, but he's also pretty universally loved and followed. Maybe not universally, but less than Taylor Swift. You've got a better chance of reaching the audience, just the audience that you want to reach, and your marketing dollar is going to go a whole lot further. Hundred percent. And you know, you talked about content marketing, which you said is part of PR. I think people really need to stop before they they post their next post and really think about, okay, first of all, is my message one that people are asking for? And going back to the spray and pray, a lot of people are just posting, posting, posting. And I can tell, I don't know them, but I can tell from their posts that they're really not 
trying to understand their audience. I mean, my, my following on LinkedIn has gone trem- up tremendously in the last year because I'm listening to what people are telling me they're having problems with. And when you really get into tune with what people, your followers or that following the hashtag or the topic, what they want, you're going to do much better than if you're just like, well, I'll just talk about this today and this tomorrow and this the next day. That becomes very frustrating for people who are our, who are following you. They're going to like, wait a minute, Jay talked about this on Monday and then he talked about a completely different topic on Tuesday and then another completely different topic on Wednesday. And that confuses people. So I think we need to be, you know, stay in our lane. If we're talking about productivity or PR or organic farming, it doesn't matter. But I think you should stay in your lane. Is that pretty much uh, marketing one on one also? Hundred uh, percent. And you hit the nail on the head. And actually said some pretty pretty good stuff there. I follow Russell Brunson, who's yes. one one of my marketing mentors. He calls it feeling the pulse of the market. I think the more hyper hyper niche you are, the more hyper targeted you are. So for you, if you're like the productivity guy for doctors or for and for entrepreneurs is pretty broad. But I agree, you should pick a lane and stay in it and make that lane as thin as possible and the, your audience will find you. And with that being said, the content that they're creating, I, I totally agree with Russell Brunson and what you just said is you really have to feel the pulse of the market, feel where people's pain points are. And if you're living in this community, uh, if you're following all of the Facebook groups where your target demographic is living, if you're listening to the podcasts, reading the books, you're going to know what those pain points are and you'll, you'll, you'll be able to speak to them better. Recently, I mean, I'm still a productivity guy, but recently I started changing everything I do on LinkedIn from being more productive to helping you deal with overwhelm. Because what I found is the people who engage with me on LinkedIn, who send me DMs, who email me, who attend my live training, whatever the case may be, overwhelm kept coming up and up over and over again. Okay. Now, overwhelm, if you're overwhelmed, it's very difficult to be productive. Nobody says, oh man, I'm not being productive. What they say is I'm not, I'm overwhelmed. And when they're overwhelmed, they can't be more productive. And so I changed, even though I'm still a productivity guy, I changed from saying I'm a productivity guy to to helping you deal with overwhelm because that's what the market was telling me. The market was telling me I'm overwhelmed with my to-do list, with all my projects, with all the things I have to do all day, all week, all year long. And so I listened to that. So to your point, I listened to what the market said, but I see a lot of people don't do that. They're like, well, I want to be known as a productivity expert. I'm like, yeah, but are people telling you they want a productivity expert or are they telling you, hey, I'm I'm struggling with overwhelm? And I think that goes back to what Russell Brunson said. You got to listen to what people are saying. Yeah, 100%. And I really like that angle that you took as well. Uh, and yeah, people want to identify as one thing, but maybe that's not what the market is asking for. And it sounds like you identified that and figured that out quickly. Uh, so that's awesome. I, I agree with everything you just said. Well, quickly is a relative term. I don't know how long it took me, but not as quickly as I should have uh, because I was so proud of being a productivity expert and my clients love me, but not one of my clients hired me because I was a productivity expert. They hired me and it took me a long time to understand this. They hired me because the results I could give them. And once I figured out what that result was, unpacking their overwhelm and helping them to get over that, everything changed. It's just amazing. But you don't have to stress over it. You just have to listen. The answers are out there. If you just pay attention to what the market is saying, they'll tell you what they're looking for. But you got to be not just making it all about you, make it about them, and they will tell you what they're looking for. Yep, absolutely. And and one other thing that I think you did really cleverly is people want to address their pain points. And like nobody who's interested in increasing their productivity doesn't think they're productive. Uh you know, I'm, I'm a productive guy. I get overwhelmed. I would never, you know, hire someone to help increase my productivity because I already think I'm productive. 
you named your you know named what, what your focus is based on what their pain point was. And I think if a lot of people followed that lead, they would you know be able to close a lot more deals, attract new clients, and really help uh, you know get their message across in a better way. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up the episode today, I want to do something called mic swap with you, Jay. I did ask you before we started recording, you said you'd be game for this. So how, here's how mic swap works. For about one or two questions, you get to be the host of the Mark Chuchesky podcast. And no, we're not going to change the name of the episode for you. But you can ask me any question you want. It doesn't have to be productivity related. Um, don't ask me for my social security number or credit card information. So spoiler alert on that. But one or two questions. You are the host of the show right now. What do you uh, what do you got for me? Okay, the first one I'm going to ask because I'm a huge software nerd and <laughs> I I like to get information out of people that I'm curious about using for myself. As a productivity expert and overwhelm expert yourself, is there a specific tool or software or maybe there's multiple that you use or recommend to manage your day-to-day schedule and tasks that you swear by and would uh, would advise people to use? Well, I got two answers for that. Number one, I have fallen head over heels in love with the bullet journal. The bullet journal is a physical notebook. And the reason why I like it is it forces me to slow down and to think. So I always have my bullet journal with me. I write tasks, things I did, all that stuff. Like you'll be in your interview will be in there. So that's one component. But on my iPhone, I love my, for my calendar app. I love an app called Fantastical. Now, it's only on iOS and Mac. They don't do Android. Don't hate me. That's just the choice they made. I love it because it is the calendar app iPhone should have on it. It, it, it blows away the calendar app. You can, it's totally customizable. They're always improving it. It is a subscription service. It's like $30 the whole year. I swear by it. I've tried other calendar apps. I keep coming back to Fantascale. It is incredible. So the bullet journal and Fantascale for the iPhone. I'll check out that calendar. I'm huge on calendar apps. I use a uh, tiny calendar for my phone. But all right, one more question for you. And this comes uh, straight from my Mentors Collective podcast where I interview business leaders. This is typically the question I ask at the end of my podcast, which is give me three mentors that you follow and three books that you recommend everybody read. Three mentors and three books. I'm writing this down so I don't forget. So three mentors, uh, Brendan Burchard is number one. Uh, Cal Newport, I love his books. And a third mentor, believe it or not, this well, my listeners will understand this. My third mentor is Jesus, my, Jesus Christ, my Savior, uh, the Bible. I mean, no, no, no doubt about that. They are my mentors, and I've learned a lot. So the books, the three books I recommend is the Bible, and then Cal Newport's books, Deep Work and Digital Minimalism. Those two books from Cal Newport, I wish I written them because they are fantastically written. We don't spend enough time doing deep work. We always have tabs open or the phone on and the phone's dinging or we have, you know, the neighbors playing the music too loud or the city's picking up trash. We have all these things going on. And in the book, Deep Work, he talks about you can't do your best work until you're like, get into the state of deep work and you can't do deep work for 12 hours a day. You can't, your brain can't do that. Digital minimalism is all about, Hey, you listen, technology is great, but we need to spend less time on it. A lot of people don't realize that, um, Cal Newport and Adam Grant, they're not on social media. They don't do email and yet they're best-selling authors and they get a lot of stuff done. So those, again, those are my mentors, I would say, and the books that I would recommend. 
Awesome. I just wrote those books down. Looking forward to, to reading them. And Fantastical was the, the phone app that you recommended? Yes. Yes, sir. And <laughs> you can try it, I think, for seven days for free. And, and I have two calendars. I've got Google Calendar for business and I've got iCloud for personal. And iCloud, uh, Fantastical allows you to combine them together. So you can try it out if you pay the $30 a year, I think it's thirty nine ninety nine. I don't know exact figure, but you get all the features unlocked. Because I am one of these people. The one thing that they don't have on the free version, well, it's not a free version. Uh, the the they have a, two tiers. The lower tier doesn't give you the day view. I'm a big fan of day view. I don't like the like the tis, uh the what do they call it the day task list whatever. It says. I don't like that list. I like the the day view. I want to see mine in visual. That's I think that's what Tiny Calendar does. I'm not sure. But I that's the kind of thing I like. So I would try it out. You could try it out for free for seven days. If you don't like it, you haven't lost anything. But I, I really love Fantastic Yale. I got it on the Mac. I got it on their their Apple Watch is fantastic app. And I just can't say enough about it. I don't get anything you buy it by the way. So listener you get it. Say, you need an affiliate link. <laughs> Well, they don't have affiliate links. So, um, but I, I believe, see, well, you could tell someone really believes in the product if they promote it and they get nothing out of, in return. I mean, that's how much I believe in Fantastic Cal. So thank you for those questions. Thank you for temporarily being the host of the Mark Chesky podcast. The final question I have for you, Jay, is where can we find out more about you online? Sure. Uh, best place to find out more about me is follow my Instagram at Dr. Jay Feldman. And from there, you can uh, hit the link in my bio and see all of the stuff that I'm working on. You can connect with me. I've got a Facebook group, Mentors Collective. I've got a podcast, Mentors Collective, uh, where you can get to know me on a personal level. Uh, the Facebook group's a great place for entrepreneurs. I'd love to have you in there as well. And we'd love to meet all of you. All right, Jay, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing everything you did with us. Thank you, Mark. It was a blast. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.